This week on the show, our pop culture news. The second part of our interview with Charlie McCarran. And fortune cookies. It is May 2023, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Lunchbox, Lunchbox Reaction. Reaction. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Brian, and I am joined, as always, this week by my two wonderful co-hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Evan. And I would ask you what you've been doing this past week, but I think I know both of your answers. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> how's how's the game been going? You mentioned it last week on the show. How's it, how's it been going? I've beat almost half of the main storyline already. Good for you. And the game takes like 60 hours to beat the entire main storyline. Okay. How do you know you've beat half of it? Is there a, like goals or something so you well, can like, see? The main thing is like you need to beat these four like powerful temple things. And I've beat two of them. Temple things. Temple They're like the gyms in Pokemon. Kinda. Oh, okay. All right. They nice. have a bunch of puzzles and stuff. And so far, is this game better than the previous one? Worse? The I, same? I think... It's about equal because it's better in some parts, but also worse in some parts. I don't uh, know. What do you think, Linnea? Huh? <laughs> about the Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. I think it's better th- or worse than the original game. I mean, they're both different games, so it's hard to say which is better than the other. If you had to pick one that you could only play for the rest of your life, which would it be? Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. How about you, Evan? I would do this game. Okay, Tears of the Kingdom. I feel like this is a, we're getting into a almost an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll table that for now and we'll come back to this game another time. Need more of Lene's friends to be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, on to our pop culture news. Uh, I'm just going to jump in and go first because mine's really quick. This coming, I guess, fall, August eighth, twenty twenty three, season three of Only Murders in the Building comes out on Yay. Hulu. Yeah. Uh, the first two episodes are going to come out that day, and then there will be eight more after that for a total of ten episodes. Looking forward to that. Looks looks pretty fun. This year, uh, Paul Rudd is going to be on it, probably only in flashbacks because we saw him die at the... <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wait, is that a spoiler? I don't know. Paul Rudd is dead? Yeah, that was the very last scene oh. of last season. Okay, I thought so, you meant in real life. So he's the murder that they're going to try to solve. But also the, uh, this year, a uh, big name star is Meryl Streep is going to be on the show. So I'm still very convinced that it's one person in the show, even though we haven't even started the third season. I think <laughs> I already know who it is. Oh, okay. I don't think you do. I don't know. That Wait, you think it's the guy who sneezes? Yeah, that person seems kind of plausible. The guy who sneezes. You know, the, the boyfriend of the cat guy. Oh, Okay. Because he's in drama. He's like he's an actor. He could be able to sneak backstage and do something. <laughs> he's a little sneezer. Okay. He's sneezing could be like an important plot point, like, oh, this person sneezed. If only there would be someone who sneezed. Like out it would be perfect, I think. It would make sense. All right, there you go, folks. Evan has solved next season before we've even seen it. <laughs> All right, who wants to go next? Uh, my pop culture reference for this week is that there is a trailer for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. 
And Here I just, we go again with the horror <laughs> games. It, <laughs> yeah, I I only like for some reason most of the people that I watch on YouTube like really like horror games, <laughs> so I know a lot about them. Yeah, but Five Nights at Freddy's is a very popular horror game franchise, probably like the most popular. And yeah, the movie might ha- a movie was originally like announced to maybe be. Ma- being making eight years ago so people really thought that this movie would happen for the last eight years and now it has and it's exciting i'm not gonna watch it though because i don't like horror movies you just but know you everything like about games them. yeah i'm gonna watch somebody recap the whole movie though all right there we go our our weekly touch of horror i guess yeah <laughs> we should start a new segment touch of horror with evan all right, Linnea. I have kind of a touch of horror, too. Ooh, okay. I know. Um, I'm intrigued. <laughs> my news is that there's going to be a Beetlejuice 2 coming out. Oh, yeah. And, I saw that. Uh, the star is going to be Jenna Ortega. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wednesday does seem like the type of person who would just call Beetlejuice. Maybe we could do an episode about that, but just your quick reaction to I remember we watched it once, right? I don't remember anything about the movie like at all. I remember the movie. Because I, I had never seen it when it first came out, and I only saw it when we watched it. I don't know, maybe we watched it around last Halloween or something. I, but Yeah, I feel like we watched it pretty recently, but I don't remember anything. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't. All I remember is that it was this family moving into this creepy house, and then this girl starts, like, having visions of Beetlejuice, and then she he convinces her to summon him, and he, like, starts doing wacky antics, and the house is floating. And nowhere. And then they go to this, like, weird ghost bureau. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. <laughs> but I just remember I, it didn't it didn't work for me, the movie. And I know that's probably going to make lots of people mad because I, I also know Raven from Teen Titans Go really likes Beetlejuice. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> A fun fact. Okay. Does that wrap it up for our pop culture news? I think... Wait, what was your news, Dad? That uh, season three of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. You thought we just randomly brought that up? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well, here it is again. Season three of Murders in the Building, August 8th, this year. It's a good show. On if you haven't watched the first two. Yeah, if you haven't watched the first two, it, it, the show is a lot of fun. So, yeah, check it out. All right, now on to part two of our interview with game designer Charlie McCarran. Woohoo! Linnea, do you want to ask the next? Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of talked a little about the art, but we were... Okay, so the, yeah, the art for this game, we thought, we all thought it was, like, really fun and whimsical, and we were wondering, how did the art and design work for your games, and was it when you began working with the publisher that you began to think of final art, and, like, how did you find the artist? Yeah, I, like I said, I was the art director, but I, yeah, I had been doing some initial sketches for my prototype, just simple, like, Where's Waldo style, line art, and digital art. and But my recommendation for game designers is don't spend too much time and definitely don't spend money on art before you get a game signed to be published because usually the publisher will throw away any existing art and just do their own. Hmm. And... I've seen some 
sad situations where someone has their own game and they pay thousands of dollars for an artist to make it look cool, which is great. But then they're trying to pitch it to publishers. And usually the publishers, they almost, when they see final art, are a little bit suspicious of like, well, how come there is final art here? Like, why? Do you... <laughs> and so uh, usually you just don't want to put a ton into the art because you might realize that you have to change some things with gameplay as you're developing the game. And once you have art, it's you feel like maybe a little more stuck in what, what the game's going to be. Because sometimes publishers will take a game and totally change the theme. So like I had a game called Alphabet Sloop, which was a word game, but and it was pirate themed, so like sloops, ships, and stuff. And they changed it because their brand isn't really piratey; they're more um, like Americana. So they changed it to Alphabet Stoop, where you're playing uh, as a delivery person <laughs> delivering packages. <laughs> so I, if I had like put all this effort into the art and they changed it, uh, it would have been. Kind of silly. Oh, how did I find the artist? Yeah, Shirley Gong. A Adam had used her art for a game prior to it called Thrive. That's this um, chess-type game that has evolving pieces. And her art style was just really cool. And it's got this kind of flat look, but really vibrant, too. And so we thought that might be good for the four humors medieval look kind of flat but a little bit cartoony and fun it's almost like the the illuminations you'd see on an old book mm -hmm. yeah 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 her art style is great mm -hmm. i like all the animals i think they look really good <laughs> thanks yeah she she did a good job with those and uh, it was really fun because i would just tell her like for our map tiles too you can see little sea creatures and I, I said, well, just whatever kind of sea creatures you want to make, go for it. And <laughs> I love what she came up with. So do you have any new games in the works? Now you mentioned this alphabet stoop, and I and I was just reading on your Facebook page that you're going to be doing a game at Silverwood. Silverwood Park. Park, which There's... is actually pretty near our house. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, We they asked me if I wanted to make a game something to do with nature or climate change or something and i was like well i have a game that's sort of about climate change and this hypothetical scenario where the united states starts flooding and sinking which in some cases is not hypothetical but they but and in this version it's minnesota is flooding due to rising sea level <laughs> um so i don't know what I guess the other states That's have the most unrealistic really version of climate. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so I'm making this game. Uh, the genre of it is a roll and write, meaning you roll dice and write down on your own little score pad, kind of like you would with Yahtzee. But in this game, which I'm calling Sinking States, Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota version or something. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But they said, well, hey, can you come and teach this game to a bunch of people at the event? And so that's happening July 22nd at Silverwood Park in Minnesota. Yeah, mark your calendars. <laughs> we'll have to try to get them. Yeah. 
And now, am I remembering that didn't you win some kind of award for a, a number card game? Yeah, yeah. I entered a contest by Button Shy Games, and their whole deal is they make 18 card games. So all their games fit in a little wallet, and they only have 18 cards. And they do all these community challenges, which are really fun. If, if people are curious about trying to get into game design, you know, maybe try one of these challenges where what do you do with just 18 cards? And their challenge was, can you make a game that has just a number one through 18 on each of the cards? And what would you do with that? So I thought about making some kind of party game or like an icebreaker style game where I have a card with a number in my hand and I'm trying to get you to guess what the number is. And out on the table is a prompt that says something like, what's your favorite fruit or something like that? And then I might say pear. And you're trying to guess like what my number ranking is for a pear out of one through 18. So then you say a number and as a group, we see how close you were to what I was thinking of. Okay. That wasn't the best experience. <laughs> no, that, but <laughs> I get yeah, it. But anyways, yeah. So but, that but you won an award for that though, right? Yeah. So yeah. It, it won actually out of maybe a hundred plus games. So it was really satisfying to see because I, I, as a designer, I really like simple, elegant games that aren't too hard to learn. And so that's my goal when I when I make a game. Like, how can I make a a game that's got a lot of fun for the amount of rules? And Four Humors was a a really good first test to try this out. And I think there's probably more rules than or rules exceptions than I would like to do in <laughs> an in a game like that now. But it was a good test to see it through to the end like what what will this rule book look like if we do this and this and this so these new games will people be able to find them somewhere or yeah hopefully eventually i'll, I'll probably have sinking states online maybe through the game crafter so if you haven't seen the gamecrafter.com has uh it's a site where you can just build your own game basically online hmm. and you upload the art and decide what components you want in the game and decide what box you want. And then the cool thing is people can order it straight from there and you don't have to do any of the shipping or anything. And the, the only downside is it's a little bit more expensive to make than if you were manufacturing it in bulk in China. But you can still, I mean, if you're not worried about making a big profit or anything, it's really cool because you could make a game like that, and I'm hoping that it's only like 25 bucks for someone to buy it online. So yeah, that's really cool that that service exists. Nice. That's the, the Game Crafter. So yeah, that one will be on the Game Crafter and 18 thumbs up. Uh, yes, will hopefully someday be available, though I can't say much more okay. than that. <laughs> so we were all like kind of wondering, can any person make a living off game design or is it more of just a hobby that somebody can do? Hmm, good question. 
I, it definitely has to be a hobby at first. And you have to realize like it could be several years before you make any money at all because of that, that long process, like I was mentioning, but it's definitely possible. There's game designers out there who have full-time jobs developing games like at fantasy flight games. Uh, there's other people who just over the years have made a lot of connections and they might be publishing, I don't know, five to 10 games a year. And some of those might be enough to support them. Like if they're getting some bigger Kickstarters for their games, it's, it's definitely possible. It's a hard road. So I, I'd say like any, like I have several hobbies and um, they've, all my hobbies have ended up becoming the things that support me. But it's piecing those things together of like maybe there's no not just one route you do. So, for example, the Silverwood Park, you know, that's not like a typical style of getting a game published. It's just a park in Minnesota that wanted a game for their event. But it's they're paying me to do that. And so you never know what uh, you might find. And I didn't think I'd be doing a full time teaching job with game design but that kind of came out of making connections and just having the industry experience the same thing with music you know i make my own music but i ended up more making my living by writing film scores for other people's projects or you know occasionally someone might hire me to write a song for a podcast or something like that so you just have to be open to trying all sorts of stuff Nice, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What are a few of your favorite games? Ooh, yeah, I think board game wise, like I said, I really like elegant but fun games. Like Wavelength is one of my favorites. That's a party game that sort of inspired my game 18 Thumbs Up. My friends and I played a ton of The Crew, which is a trick taking card game, but it's a cooperative trick taking card game. Um, trying to think what else i'm just looking at my game shelf <laughs> uh cartographers real fun code names another party one netrunner is one of my favorite card games too that's like a deck building game by the same guy who made magic richard garfield but it's a two-player game where one person's the hacker and one person's the corporation and the hacker's trying to uh, break through their code, which is basically face down cards, and you're trying to figure out how to hack into the system. And yeah. All right. I have another question. You've mentioned teaching for a while. How did you get into or want to start teaching about board games? Yeah. I did a little bit of volunteer teaching after college, teaching English in Tanzania. And yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Uh, but once I got a little more experience with public speaking, you know, in my 20s, 30s, or doing Composer Quest podcast, different things where I was not directly teaching, but kind of creating educational materials on some things. Um, I just really enjoyed being able to share some of the knowledge I've gotten over the years. And for me, teaching game design was super fun as a possibility because I could prepare lessons 
and learn things myself at the same time. So I'll be reading books on game design, processing that myself, and figuring out how to best teach these new students. A lot of what I do is teach through them doing game projects. Because I think the best, really the best experience you can have is by making the thing that you're trying to get better at. Because you'll learn so much just by making the first thing, even just with real simple prototype materials, blank cards, pencil and paper. And once you put that in front of people, you'll learn a ton within the first few minutes of what's fun, what's not fun. And so we do this loop of rapid prototyping where you make the game prototypes and gather feedback from playtesters, make iterations like we were talking about, and keep doing that process. And so I have my students in a semester make seven different games. Uh, some are short, and one, one is like a chess variant. On uh, One is making a sport, and one is making a card game, dice game. And then at the end, we have a bigger final project where they work together as a team of four and make like a, a more polished game with art and everything. Have you seen any exceptionally good games come out of that? Yeah, I mean, I... I really enjoy the huge variety that my students come up with. And, you know, everyone's first few games are going to be rough in some sense, but I've seen some really creative ideas, whether that's a big board or that's turned flipped on its side. Uh, last year, we had someone who made this like upright board where you have little pieces of wood that you're pulling out to try to knock dinosaurs down from the other side or I don't know. Yeah. Just very creative things. This semester we had games called clowns versus Dracula where <laughs> Dracula is hiding from the clowns for some reason. Um, what did those clowns do to him? I, I think uh, Dracula was trying to sleep. Uh, and got woken up by the clowns. Oh, no. Yep. Yeah. I I love just all the random themes that people come up with. One of them was called Farm Wars, where people are just trying to battle each other and have the best farm, (laughs) and they spend hours and hours cutting out um, little, like, stalks of corn and cows and pigs and things, so... (laughs) Well, okay, so I have one last question then. So we got to plug your game for Humors. Where can people find it? Yeah, you can find it online now. And it's uh, for Humors with uh, O-U at the end, Humors, like uh, the old style English. And it's also in stores in Minnesota, at least, at Games by James. And there's other stores where it is, but I am not actually sure throughout the country which stores it would be at. But you might as well check at your local game store if you're interested. Otherwise, yeah, you can find it at adamsapplegames.com. Awesome. All right, well, Charlie McCarran, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all. <laughs> Good questions. So I'd mentioned that we do a, a fortune cookie at the end of every episode. Do you want to join us? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't have a fortune cookie, but should I? 
get a fortune. You just find a yeah. We use <laughs> online ones sometimes. I don't know where mine went. It would be fun if we had like a. You don't. It was sitting right under your microphone, Linnea. Oh, it's yeah. It's in my. It would be fun if we had an infinite collection of fortune cookies. That'd be <laughs> really useful. Okay, I am. I am ready to do it. What, how do you guys do this? One at a time? Yeah, yeah we just do one reveals. at a time. Okay. Um, my fortune is, remember one month from this date, good things are in store for you. Ooh, nice. That's exactly one month. Something good is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say you could go to Film Score Fest, but it's one month, one day too late. <laughs> Because Film Scar Fest is June 10th. Yeah, but... yeah. I, hopefully I can get over there for that. Yeah. My fortune this week is you are admired for your impeccable tastes. <laughs> you are <laughs> bad. <laughs> well, you bought four humors, so. I did. I, mean... <laughs> I did, and we're having you as a guest, so there we go. I have focus on your long-term goal. Success is soon yours. Ooh. I feel like that fits with this episode. Yeah. Good one. Is yeah. game related long term goal? Hopefully. Are are either of you, Evan or Linnea, uh, making games or wanting I'm to make games? I'm definitely interested in, the future? in I mean, making a board game. Yeah, making a board game would be fun. Cool. That's awesome. Okay, here. My fortune is. Now is the time to try something new. <laughs> Another <laughs> hobby. Yeah. Another hobby. <laughs> well, I do kind of have this habit of I get into something and then I start making money from it. And then I am like, well, I need a new hobby where I'm not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that's going to be. But it started with video, actually, when I was around your age um, in you know junior high, high school. And I was like really into, I wanted to make films. And then I ended up getting a job at the public access TV station in Stillwater. And from there, like did video work. But that's when I started getting into music, which I was making no money from. And then I started making money from music. I was like, well, okay, let's try board games. And now I'm making money from board games. So now got to figure out what that, that new hobby is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that. Well, whatever it is, I'm sure you're going to excel at it because <laughs> if there's anyone I know who is good at just doing seemingly everything, it, it's you. So. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm I mean, always impressed by everything you do. Uh, thanks. I mean, everything is about putting in the time, really. Like, there's some level of natural talent, maybe, but honestly, I think it's just putting in the time with these, whatever hobby it is. And then some of these skills do translate. So like if you're, you know, really into making music, there's a surprising amount of skills that also come with that for making games. It's like understanding your audience and also learning how to make connections with people, promoting your stuff, all that kind of stuff does transfer over. So, do you think you're going to keep teaching and making board games for like the rest of your life? Uh, well, I'm actually not teaching next year Ooh. because they're switching my class to be uh from a fresh freshman to a sophomore class. So I'm taking the year off, but 
that's going to be good, actually, because I have many more projects I'm going to try to do. So, yeah, you never know what's I, I don't really I know I know people say, oh, you should have your five, 10 year plan, but <laughs> I usually have a one, maybe two year plan <laughs> of what I'm going to do. So, okay, well, thanks. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks chatting. so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Lunchbox Reaction. We hope you've enjoyed our interview with Charlie McCarran. Charlie, if you're listening, thanks again so much for uh, giving us your time and, and letting us grill you on, <laughs> yeah. on game design. And, uh, we, we, we sure appreciate it. It was Just fun. start having a barbecue. It was fun talking with Had you. Had a little Charlie barbecue. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Anyway. You should title this episode The Charlie Barbecue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie, if you're watching this. <laughs> This is just uh, something we do here on Lunchbox Reaction. You can find us on most of the streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any place you get your podcasts, you can pretty much find us. Also, you can visit our website, lunchboxreaction.net. We have a website? We do. Wow. And I actually post, uh, whenever we talk about stuff, I post little pictures there of whatever it is we're talking about. So oh, if you didn't know that, you can go go check it out. Yeah. Thanks, Linnea. Yeah, like <laughs> there's, a, there's a picture of, of Charlie's game. For humors. So, yeah, if you want to see it, lunchboxreaction.net. Anyway, we will be back next week with another new episode. My name is Brian. I'm Evan. I'm Linnea. And we'll see you all next week at, at the, the lunch, lunch table. table. We perfectly timed that.